You're listening to the Rediscovering Biblical Manhood podcast. We're growing men who fear the Lord, but do not fear their identity in Christ. The enemy is hard at work in our fallen world. So come on, join us in fighting for the restoration of men's hearts through the church, the word, and our risen Savior, Jesus. Gobble, gobble. Happy Thanksgiving, Jay. We are here Thanksgiving morning in the United States uh, with a special episode and podcast since we both have the day off work. Um, Welcome to the pod this week. Yeah, it's good to be here and lovely to be shooting the morning. My teenage children have the ability to sleep for endless hours. So a quiet house is a good house, right? (laughs) Oh my gosh, I can't even believe it. One of them got up at like noon yesterday. I can't imagine, you know, I get up at 445 in the morning. So you know, to me, by 8 a.m., half the day's gone. Somebody wakes up at noon, I'm like, but they never go to bed. Right. Chica, they never go to bed anymore. Remember when they were little and you could put them to bed and you and your wife could still have a couple hours to hang out, watch a show, do whatever. And now it's like they never go to bed. <laughs> and I know your house, too. I mean, they're not on devices or anything, really. They're just being kids and staying up, I guess. Oh, they play games. They're, they, they, they watch these you know, the world has become consumed by these stupid shorts, whatever device you're on. Well, both both physically shorts that boys are wearing, which I don't understand. You know, I, they try to tell me, well, you guys wore them in the 80s. And I'm like, we were forced to. Nobody wore shorts that small without being forced to. But then, <laughs> you know, whether it's like YouTube or whatever, because, you know, my kids aren't allowed to have every social media platform, but right. these little 10 second videos and they'll just mindlessly watch them. And oh, it makes me crazy. Well, speaking of shorts and shorts on boys, we are we are in the episode um, of, well, the final episode, I guess. This is our wrap, our wrap episode of the stages of manhood that we've been doing. It's a special episode, Thanksgiving Day. Uh, Jay, let me pray uh, because this has been a wonderful series that we've been doing and we've just been blessed to do it. So listeners, please join. Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity and the freedom to be able to speak about you. And thank you for the blessings that we've had in the inspirations that we've had around this topic of just diving deeper into the stages of manhood, Lord. And as we wrap this episode, we just give you glory. And Lord, we ask that as we wrap, um, you can bring your spirit into this episode to really capstone everything that we've talked about so that men listening to this, women listening to this um, can be encouraged and at the same time, uh, maybe discover how you are fathering them uh, into their stages whatever stage they are. We love you so much. And we say all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So Jay, let's quickly recap what we did. We started with the beloved stunt, the beloved son or boyhood. Then we rolled into the second stage, which was cowboy, then rolled into warrior, lover, king. And then earlier this week, we hit on sage. So what would you like to begin with as we wrap this up? Well, you know, Chica, I think first and foremost, it's important to remember this is a Christian podcast, and we believe in the supernatural. We believe in a real enemy who really intends you harm. And I know for me, the last seven or eight weeks, as we have gone through this and revisited these stages of manhood, you know, it's been incredible for me because I've had to examine my own life, but the enemy is going to come against you. So if you listen to this podcast and you've been going back through this and it's been raising up maybe some pain or some doubt, you know, the last thing the enemy wants is your freedom in any of the stages that we've talked about. And one of the things we want to do today during the recap is go back and discuss each stage briefly and then talk about if that stage went wrong for you, how do you reintegrate yourself 
And then if you're at a stage you're not at yet, how do you continue to prepare now that you have information you might not have had before? The other thing I was thinking about, Jay, and thank you for for stepping in there, and let's let's break all agreements that the enemy may have with us as we as we wade into this today, uh, is that we don't have to figure life out by ourselves for ourselves, right? Rather, we've been invited. Uh, this is an invitation to walk with our heavenly Father and let Him do the initiating um, as we discover the process of initiating initiation stage by stage, whichever stage we're in. Um, and so with that, maybe we jump straight to the idea of boyhood or beloved son, Jay. What was the uh, the recap around that stage, the first stage? Well, you know what you said there was very important. The Christian life is walking with God and walking in community, right? Jesus says, love God and love others. Those are the two most important commandments. Boyhood is really, you know, the beloved son is designed, this is like the Eden life. That's the way it's designed. Now, we live in a fallen and broken world, and most of us did not experience a full Eden boyhood. But this was supposed to be a golden time of exploration and play and protection, resting under your parents' authority, resting under your father's authority, knowing you were safe, knowing you were loved, knowing you were the apple of somebody's eye. So for a lot of us, it didn't play out that way. And for some, it did. And for those that it did, be so thankful. Oh, bless your parents. Bless your parents. Go back and bless your parents. But if that didn't happen for you, it is imperative that you take some time to examine your boyhood and reintegrate. And here's the cool thing about inner healing and Jesus and the gospel. Jesus wants to heal you. So let's just get metaphysical for a second. We live bound by time here in the world. But the spiritual realm, heaven, there's no time there. That's eternity. And I love, you know, the insignia for infinity, you know, the sideways eight. I guess that's probably not the proper way to say it. I'm sure it has a name. But, you know, so Jesus go back in real time to that time. And he can examine it with you. And he can heal that broken heart of that young boy or even young girl, if you're a woman listening to this podcast. And all you have to do is ask. And it's really, really simple. You just ask Jesus, what from this era of my life do I need to re-examine? The Holy Spirit, if you're a believer, the Holy Spirit will work in you. And this is going to be true for every stage. We'll re-lift up the things that need to touch on. And some of those will be quite painful. Some of those you may need to get a counselor or a trusted Christian friend to walk through with you. But what, Chico, what repels the dark? What repels the dark? Light. Light. Sorry, I wasn't sure if that was a question. Yeah, light. And how is Christ described? He's the light of the world. Mm. Jesus, Jesus wants to literally go shine his own light on whatever went wrong in that period of your life. And he wants to bring healing and forgiveness. And he wants to take you there. And that, for every stage we're going to go through, but particularly boyhood and cowboy, this is going to be critical that we go back and do that. So good. So we're talking around the ages of zero to 12 here. And as as an echo to what Jay just shared, and, and I love that you dropped in apple of the eye. I mean, there, there's a there's a psalm quote in the Bible. Psalm 17 says, "Keep me as the apple of your eye." Um, and so, boyhood, beloved son, the desire is this wonder, mystery, and an exploration. But the heart question that I think that you just hit on Jay, as we go back and we ask Jesus to walk back with us, is, "Am I delighted in?" right? Am I special? Am I prized? And so there's this need of affirmation to be prized and delighted um, by our parents. We know that we are of our father 
and and Jesus. And so that wound that you that you speak of, that potential wound that we may have all received in some stages as we walk back and and look back and think back, is that need for affirmation. You know, maybe I didn't get the affirmation I needed as a young boy in boyhood as the beloved son um, from my earthly parents. And so walking back to to reflect and say, Father, what what did I miss here in this stage? You know, I know that I'm your beloved son, but do I believe it now? And come to me, you know, speak to me and help me understand where my heart is insecure or secured in you, Jesus. Yeah, that's right. And we're not going to have to restate that for every stage. So that foundation we just walked through, that's true for every stage. And what is it from this stage of life we want to carry with us into the rest of our manhood? It's this is where we learn to play. And so I don't care if you're 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, when your heart moves to play, it's this aspect of your manhood, the boyhood. And so for example, if you're a, if this got wounded in you and you don't know how to play anymore, and your wife wants to play, your kids want to play a game and you're cranky, nah, I got to work, I got to do this, I got to yard work, whatever, blah, 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 blah. You're just a codger and you're cranky. You've forgotten how to play. And we want to reintegrate this part of your life because at all stages of our life, Jesus was very playful. He was a funny guy. You know, sometimes we make him way too religious, but he was super funny. Like, think about the fact in that story. And I know we've got to move to the next stage, but like Peter gets challenged. He's got to go pay taxes. He's not sure what to do. He goes home to Jesus and Jesus is like, hey, the tax man bumped into you. And Peter's like, yeah, how'd you know? Like, what's going on? Jesus says, hey, go fishing. And you're going to, you know, you're going to get a fish and open his mouth and there's going to be a coin in there for you and me and go pay our taxes. And like, could you almost just see Jesus like his face when he's telling Peter and Peter's like, what? And then Peter catching the fish and there's gold coins in his mouth. And like, how playful Jesus is super playful. What if Jesus ever did dad jokes, Jay? <laughs> oh my God. I thought, but that would be awesome. <laughs> uh, when he refers to his father, dad joke. Um, yeah. Okay. So first stage boyhood, beloved son. Second stage, we're moving from what twelve to mid twenties. Here is the cowboy. Yeehaw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pro- probably late teens. And what do we want to learn here? What do we want to carry from here? This is adventure. And so, if you got wounded in this stage and you've lost your ability for adventure, or your 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 adventure, you know, your adventure gland has become distorted, and now it's like extreme, and, and it's not adventure; it's it's chaos. Yeah, this is what you want to get healing for, so that later in life, I'll give you a good example, Chica. You and I both changed careers earlier this year. That takes a lot of adventure. You got to have an adventurous spirit. You, this is the explorer in you. And that that part of your heart that wants to explore that you never want to lose. And if this gets corrupted, you become an overly cautious man, an overly cautious man. So the hot question for me then as the adventurer is, do I have what it takes? Right. And, That's and right. so thinking through this, and I, I think of my first adventures traveling to America from Australia without my parents becoming a summer camp counselor. Like, wow, I'm in the big bad world of America by myself on an adventure. Some of us may go to Europe. Some of us, you know, in this in this age, uh, maybe just local as well, right? Doing things on your own for the first time and just experimenting with that idea of adventure. And being able to carry that spirit of adventure into all the remaining days of your life. And we talked about Sage in our last podcasts. Sage, sages still need a little bit of an adventure in their heart. So when they're invited into a new story where they might, like Gandalf, Gandalf wasn't the center of the fellowship, but he was a critical player. And if he had lost his taste for adventure, he could not have gone and Mm. helped that band of explorers take the ring to Mordor. He couldn't have done it. Gotta retain the adventure. When the sun rises on the fifth day, look to the east. (laughs) 
Um, so the wound then of a cowboy, Jay, is what? Um, as a, I guess it's with no one to interpret my failures, it's that resiliency, right? And so if I don't learn on my own how to get back up, that potentially could be seen um, as a wound. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And then you will just you'll just retract in and you'll only step gingerly into the world and you'll take no risks and you'll just live a cautious man. You'll be cautious with your woman. You'll be cautious at work. And look, you have to balance this. But 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 the thing to take here as we move into the warrior is that adventure spirit, the cowboy, the Mm. cowboy. And he has to be appropriately tamed for manhood, but he's got to remain. You got to remember how to play. You got to remember how to explore. That's the first two keys from the first two stages. Then we move into the warrior stage, third stage. This is battle to fight. I got to have a battle to fight. What's my life going to be about? What do I stand for? This is what I learn in the warrior stage and where I develop courage. This is where I know and I answer the question for myself. I have what it takes. To live with courage, to take action, to go into battle. And again, that... I think we said this in our in our episode on this, the unyielding heart, right? As as we take this on, being the warrior. The best example for me in the Bible of this is when it says Jesus looked to Jerusalem and he set his face as a flint. And you know, so Chica, we're movie aficionados, and we got a little carried away in our last episode, which was totally awesome, by the way, for us. I know, maybe not for our listeners, <laughs> maybe but not for, for us. the listeners, right? Um, but the, the 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 two that come to my mind here. One is is from the Return of the King when the Elf Lord Elrond comes up to the top and he's telling he's telling the guy you know become who we were supposed to be and the sword was reforged and he pulls it out okay mm. so like you see his face in that moment you're like he's got a battle to fight or the other one when from from Gladiator when it comes down and he's name he's like my name is Maximus blah 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 and he goes you know I'm husband to a murdered father and you know to a murdered wife and I'll have my revenge and you're like. In this life or the next, right? Right. Warriors, like men who you just look in their face and you're like, oh, here we go. And righteous warriors. Yeah. I mean, if we take it biblically, I think of the the war or the warrior shield that Jesus had to put on in the wilderness when he resisted Satan. You know, Jesus treated Satan as a real person right there and confronted the, the demon present and out loud with authority and with scripture, right? He just smacked him back in the face. Jesus was a warrior too. Jesus knew in that moment he had what it takes. His dad has already blessed him. He's already said, this is my son who I'm beloved. This is David who walks down into the valley and he sees, he sees Goliath down there. And he's like, who's that punk talking smack? David already knows he has what it takes because he's killed lions and bears and he's lived in the wilderness. We talked about it at length. And these are so many great examples in the Bible of men who know what they have, what they take. They know their father is with them, either their earthly father or their heavenly father, and they set their face and they go. And that's what we want to take out of this stage is what is the battle you are fighting? What Mm. have you set your face against in this world on behalf of Christ and righteousness? And where are you going with that? That's what you don't want to lose from this stage is the warrior. Always having the ability to set your face as a flint. And you can be an old man and something can come up and you can set your face as a flint Boom. because the warrior heart is still in you. One battle at a time. And I love the idea of counsel, right? And and you constantly remind me of this, Jay, where you say, ask Jesus. You know, Jesus, do you want me to fight this? Is this a hill worth going into right now, worth dying on right now? You know, get my orders from the king and then resist if it's Satan, right? Resist the enemy. Um at, at the first knock, don't just be waiting, right? And men, sidestep, 
We've all had these thoughts when we're alone at night, right? Should I right now? Should I? That's a great time to step in and ask Jesus whatever the should is for you. And there's also, there's a lot of should floating around in our lives, Jay. Um, And so when (laughs) when we pray, we have to resist, right? And we have to act defensively because spiritual warfare will make us holy and holiness is our best weapon. Yeah, the war, the war in heaven and that in that portion of heaven where angels and demons are battling. And Paul says, you know, our, our fight is not against flesh and blood. It's not it, it's it's unceasing. It's going on all the time and we got to be prepared. So I know we've got to move here. So now we're moving into lover. We are. We are. Love. Love the lover. Oh, baby. And as we said, just as a reminder to our listeners. Is it, do I leave the warrior stage? Do I leave the cowboy stage when I go to the next? Or does it just become another like badge on my stage of manhood? You carry it with you, right? You carry that portion of your heart with you. I, I like, you know, look, I'm not very artistic. <laughs> if you ever saw me draw, you know that. But I liken this to like rooms in our heart. And these rooms are interconnected rooms. And so my boyhood and my cowboy, my warrior, my lover, my king, and eventually my sage who is in there developing now, they're interconnected rooms in the same mansion. Very good. Very good. So, you know, that's, that's, we carry it with us. And we want to be able to access any of those rooms when the time calls for it. So you walk into a room last night, I'm tired, right? I'm tired. I want to, I want to kind of just veg out in my daughter's heart. Dad, do you want to play dominoes Mm. with me? Mm. I need, I need to go to my beloved son room and get, get him. So I can sit down and be totally present to play, play with my daughter, right? And, and I don't want to miss that. And Jesus doesn't want me to miss that in her because she has a question that she's really asking. She's not asking me to play dominoes with her. She's saying, do you see me, dad? Am I lovely? Am I worthy? Am I worthy of being pursued? Am I worthy of spending time with? That's the question she's really asking me. She's not asking me to play dominoes. She's asking me, do you see me? Am I lovely? Am I worth your time? To be awakened to the beauty in the lover stage, Jay. And I think that it's a it's a pursuit of intimacy, not just with the the woman across the room or my wife or my daughter, but it's actually it's an intimacy with God too. Um, and it's more than service for God, right? It's 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 offering strength to the woman across the room, but also pursuing Jesus in this. This is about awakening to the actual designer. And so sexual intimacy is a part of it, but that's not the whole point. I've played in the designer's world. I've adventured in the designer's world. I've warred in the designer's world. But then when I become a lover, I actually become aware. And I'm like, oh my gosh, look at that sunrise. Look at the tree. Look at the insect. Look at this world. Look at poetry. Look at the woman, not lustfully, but oh my gosh, just look at how she's designed. If you're a man, I mean, a woman is just a little piece of eternity that is almost too painful to behold, right? And that is not me saying that. That is a well-known saying. Like the designer becomes Mm. alive in your heart and you see him and then this awakens your heart. And suddenly things you used to care about don't matter anymore because you're like just entranced with the design and the designer. And you want to just, you want to just partake and drink in the beauty of all that this creation has to offer. So good to drink from the river of his delights, right? The, the the life of your heart is what God is most keenly after, um, and so get into the habit. I find myself more more so, and maybe it's in the last year of maturity and spiritual maturity. Jay, working with you on this podcast and walking with you in in our lives as well, saying, "Speak, Lord, and let my life become a romance with you." You know, one great romance, one glorious opportunity, 
uh, for us to see the marvelous things all the time. And as you said, you know, drink from the river of his delights. Yeah. And I think the thing we want to take out of this stage is this is where we gain the ability to slow down for a minute. And so we're moving, we're moving, we're moving, but then we slow down. What's going on here? And what is, what is happening? And I can see it. I can see it. So I love this stage. This is where you learn to love your woman well. This is where you learn to respect creation. This is where you learn to delight in things that you completely missed in the first three stages. You know, Jay, sidestep again. I was thinking last night, earlier on in my marriage with with my wife, I um I used to always think that surprising her with the gift, surprising her with the trip, with the experience would blow her mind, but that's not her love language. And so actually now leaning away from my love language and into her love language, and I know that that's what we all should be doing anyway, but actually doing that has been so much more fruitful for our marriage because it's less about me and it's all about what she actually values. Yeah, and your wife values quality time. And so this is a great segue into the king. And so what about the king? The king knows now that he has what it takes. And the king has maturity, some battles behind him. He knows how to play. He knows how to adventure, but he knows in this stage that his responsibility is to provide that safe haven that the boy was looking for, for his entire kingdom, his wife, the people that work for him, his friends, his children. And so now we're into the stage of real manhood, real maturity. And in what do we want to, you know, we, we spent a lot of time talking about the king, but what do we really want to say about this stage, Chica? For me, this is the stage where we settle into ourself. And we become comfortable and confident in who we are. At this point, we have regrets, but we've let them go. And we know that there's time left, not as much. The sun is high. The sun is now high. It's high noon, heading into afternoon. And we need to look at that and say, "What? how do I use my strength? What's next, Jesus? Oh, my strength is no longer for my benefit ever. It is only, if you're a Christian man and you have entered into your kingship, you don't matter. You have died to Christ at this point. This is what we want to remember in this stage. And my strength is only to be poured out for the protection, nurture, and growth of others. That's what this stage is about. With great power comes great responsibility. That's Spider-Man chapter one, verse one. Um, and so with that, you know, <laughs> we're, we're given power and resources to influence for the benefit of others, not for the benefit for ourselves. And so as this stage of king takes over us and, and we step into the room and really develop this idea of fathering young warriors, you know, the king, oh gosh, man, the, the man's heart, I'm, I'm still coming back to the heart because that's what I think about when I think of every one of these stages. It just needs to be completely surrendered so that it's moved by the spirit of God for the purpose of God. And you cannot be the king that Christ wants you to be if you don't deal with your hurts and your wounds. So if you are a king listening to this podcast right now, and Chica and I are, have been engaged in this for years, and we're still finding wounds to heal, the, the more wounds you heal, the better a king you will be. Your mission is to your adventure. The battle you need to fight is for your own heart now to ensure it's fully healed. So those under your reign, those who, who, who find their home in your kingdom can be protected not only by you, but from you and from mm. your wounds. So as mm. you heal your wounds, you will not impart those on others. Because at this point, this is, this is, this is the Ecclesiastes life when you've reached kinghood. Like now you've, you've played, you've adventured, you've war, you loved, and you realize, okay, my life really is. I, I look back and I was just, you know, last night, Chica, I was putting my, my daughter's, you know, 
I was, I was in her, I was saying goodnight to her and she has this beautiful wall where she's put pictures of our family for years. Like it's just, it's just completely covering the wall. It's, it's wonderful. But I was just staring at it last night and all, when my kids were just little and I'm like, where did this go? Mm. How, how did this, oh my, and my heart was so moved last night. Just, I, I, I'd never been, I was overcome just looking at the stages of my childhood because she had everybody on there from birth to the age they are now. And I, when I tell you there's this, this wall is just covered with little pictures. and um, Man, I, last night I felt my kingship so powerfully because I'm like, I still got to protect this. I wow. still got to go to battle for this every day because they're all still so young, even though they've grown, they're all still so young. And so the sun is early in their lives. It's just rising and I got to protect that. But I can't protect that if I'm carrying around wounds and looking to fulfill myself and I want to have a comfortable life. Now I've got a little money. I got a little power. Let me get a little sex. Let me do this. Let me do... No, it's not about you. That's what we've got to remember in this stage. Friendship with God is critical at that stage. And then we roll into the stage that you and I talked about earlier this week, which is the stage of the sage, which is really where a man begins to counsel others, where he mentors younger men, especially the kings in the king's stage, right? This is the period of a man's greatest contribution. I used to be afraid to die, Chica. And you know this, clinical anxiety dogged me for decades until about 12 years ago. And I couldn't even imagine being old. I feared growing old. I feared death. I feared many things. Now I look to this stage and I just can't wait. I just can't wait to hang up my crown as a king and take on the mantle of sage so I can just spend time pouring out in others. Because at the end of your kingship and your entire sagehood, what is it about? It's about imparting generational change that will change the course of people's lives. The greatest gift I know that you and I are working with sages at the moment and going after finding wisdom out of the, the, the gentlemen in our lives, in our circles that are a little older than us, because we truly just want to sit at their feet and ask questions. Um, because also, a sage is not going to offer up until he's invited or she's invited, well, he's invited in this case to do so. Um, and so engage in the journey. I guess that that is the thing that, that you and I are going after right now. We're trying to engage with sages. And when we become a sage, you know, we want to engage with the younger men in our lives too to develop them through their king stages. Your cowboy's always got to be alive looking for the next adventure to heal that broken heart that Jesus says, I've given you anew. But I was at a conference this past weekend. Man, I saw a lot of crazy stuff there, Chica. But one of the things one of the pastors said, it was like a revival. It was pastor after pastor. It was incredible. But he said, you got to stop dragging the dead man behind you. You've been given a new life and a new Yo. heart. <laughs> but you got to let go of the old dead man you've been toting around with you so you can live it. And I, I think that's what we've really been talking about here today is let's go find all the scarred up, burned off, openly bleeding parts of our heart. And let's bring Jesus there so we can get reintegrated and uni unified with ourselves to walk with God, to be the man he called us to be. That has been the point of the last seven or eight weeks. Jesus has a picture of your manhood that he wants to see real for you. And he's inviting you. So let's ignite the cowboy and go on an adventure and go with Jesus and heal our hearts. Listeners, Jay, I'm going to wrap this up. This has been a fantastic conversation again today. I'm so thankful for you and in my life, Jay, and thankful that Jesus continues to walk with us on this journey. Um, here's a couple of Bible or scripture quotes that I think we should wrap this entire series up with, and then I'm going to pray and we will run into our next series, which I'm super excited about as well. So the, the first quote that I thought would be very appropriate is from Galatians, Galatians 4, 6 through 7, and that is, because you are sons, 
because you are sons. God sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, the Spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but you are a son. And since you are a son, God has also made you an heir. Then the second scripture is that of Romans, which I think is just perfect for everything we've spoken to today. Romans chapter 8, For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship, and by him we cry. Mm. So Father, Heavenly Father, as we close out this stage of manhood conversation and journey with anticipation that we are going to continue to light up the different rooms in our own journey with you and Jesus. I don't know how much um, I believe this, Lord, but I need you. I need you as a father. And so, Lord, I just ask you to continue to come to us and redeem us within that role. There is so much in me that needs fathering, Lord. There is so much that I don't want to live father less anymore so i'm calling on you and your son jesus to come to us to help make that shift to take us home through christ to be your own son lord and we accept that we give our lives back to you to be your true son father us father us father me lord and we love you so much through jesus we say amen amen